If you're an educator and you've ever looked in that classroom cabinet and thought, wow, look at all that technology in there. I wish I knew how to use it better with my classroom. This episode is for you. Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. Each episode features educators sharing their practical ideas to put more science, technology, engineering, and math into every classroom every day. For show notes and more information, visit dailystem.com. Here's your host, Chris Woods. Well, educators, I'm so excited. On today's episode, we get to chat with Colleen McDaniel. She's former biology and AP environmental science teacher from Texas. Now she's at Vernier Science Education. And educators, you've probably seen Vernier items or tools or resources in your closet, in your classroom, or somewhere in your school. So I'm so excited we get to ask Colleen about some of the questions that, that we may be thinking. How do I use some of this stuff that we've got? Welcome to the show today, Colleen. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you here because because like a lot of educators, you know, we find something in the closet and we're like, how do I use this or, or what can I do to use it more so that I'm not just using it once a year or twice a year. So we're going to dive into that. But first, if you just definitely give us uh, that little bit of rundown of, of how you became a teacher, why you became a teacher, and then why did you jump to Vernier? Yeah. So I had always wanted to be a biologist ever since I was a kid. And when I went to college, got my degree in bio, and then really fell in love doing research, oddly, specifically with fruit flies. Oh, Uh, I I have a a friend who's in biology who, you know, does the research on fruit flies. So it's it's one of those one of those common things. And and, and that's cool. It started from a young age and then turned into that that teaching career for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I I actually went to grad school for a few years and really enjoyed doing the research and, and seeing all the cool research going out there. But I realized that I really enjoyed communicating and talking about science mm-hmm. a lot more than just kind of sitting in the lab pushing flies. I hear you. So I actually ended up dropping out of my graduate program and got this awesome grant from the government that they were looking to turn research scientists into teachers. Yeah. And I was able to get certified. And within a year, I was in a classroom uh, teaching freshman biology before I even knew it. And and, and you loved working with kids. And and that, you said, is is one of the things you miss most about, about in your position with Vernier, which is a great opportunity as well. Yeah, I really miss working with the children, especially, oh my gosh, freshmen are Mm -hmm. hilarious just because they kind of come in from middle school with that like wide-eyed deer in headlights not sure exactly what they're doing in life and then just seeing them kind of basically it's my own little biology experiment seeing them evolve (laughs) throughout the school year of where they began and then where they end uh was just it was so much fun really enjoyed them there's so much learning that happens in that freshman year of of how to become you know from a kid to being that adult that high school student and and that's such, such a challenge for us as educators to think of ways to to make that learning relevant, to make that learning exciting, but still that that higher level of, of thinking skills that a lot of those high school courses require. Yeah, that that was the really fun thing of like trying to help develop them and the, as better critical thinkers mm-hmm. of really kind of the thing I wanted to get them to do was really look and ask good questions mm-hmm. about um, certain things that were going on or any random question they had. I mean, even up and seen when I was teaching seniors with AP environmental too, it was fantastic. Like I had one student that it was a funny question. We were talking about forestry mm-hmm. and he's like, so how do they make furniture? Do they like 
melt the wood or and yeah. I was just like, oh, you sweet child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and kind of it it gets some great conversations about things that are just around them. Yeah. And and getting kids to ask those good questions is is so important for us as educators, try to think of ways to to again make that education, that learning come alive. You work now with with Vernier and, and educators have I'm sure checked out Vernier.com. Many educators have bought the different resources and supplies. And and honestly, educators, if you haven't already, Vernier.com and, and then you click on that ideas tab, there is so much information, so many ideas, resources, lesson plans, all those things, even sorted by grade range. You took that job where a lot of educators, you know, man, I want to stay in that classroom, but yet there's this opportunity to work with with organizations that us as STEM teachers kind of kind of get those opportunities. Yeah, it was a really, really hard decision. I actually, when I went to interview for the position, I told my now husband, I was like, you know, I I just don't think I'm going to end up taking this job because I really don't want to leave my kids. Yeah. And within being there for like 12 hours, got the whole tour of the building and mm -hmm. go through the interview process. It was just, I could see how much they were trying to do to help science education. Mm -hmm. And just the thought of the impact that instead of just impacting the 150, 200 students that I would have a year, I would now be impacting educators who are then impacting that number of students. Yeah. So it's kind of this idea of I could really expand my reach and try to help more students get involved and excited about STEM. Yeah. And one of the things that I now reflecting on was I had Vernier equipment in my classroom. I was really lucky that I had a great source, but I never did any training. I never really thought of the best ways to use the equipment. Mm -hmm. And now that I've been working at Vernier, it just, I kick myself of like all these opportunities I could have had to use this with my students to get them even more engaged and more excited and hands-on that I missed. Mm -hmm. And that now is kind of one of my missions working at Vernier is to help educators use equipment that they have to its maximum potential to really get students excited and engaged. That's awesome, Colleen. Again, chat with Colleen McDaniel, former biology AP environmental science teacher. Now you're with Vernier Science Education. And, and okay, let's just let's just get it right out there. Educators have that stuff. What do they do with it? How do they go about trying to figure out the best ways? I mean, obviously, there's lots of resources on the website. Yeah, we have tons of resources on the website. But I think what a lot of teachers don't realize is they can just call us. You can get a hold of us by phone, by email, or by chat. And we have a team of us of basically we're all former educators mm -hmm. who either use the equipment in their classrooms or like me used it a little bit and but now have seen like ways that we can help help implement it more. So one of the things I get a lot is I open this cabinet. It has these boxes that say Vernier on it. What is this? Yeah. And what's great is we have resources that we can look into this past school purchase history. Mm hmm. And look at the different resources that the school has purchased in the past and kind of walk through the educators of, okay, this is the software you need to get. This is, you know, these are sensors that are still going to work. These aren't going to work. And kind of go through the best resources and ways that they can start implementing them in the classroom. 
That's great. And and again, uh, it may sound technical educators as you hear in software and sensors and but this isn't just for that that nerdy AP science teacher. You know, every teacher can be using these things to get the kids involved. And honestly, some of the times your kids are going to be the ones figuring out a lot of this stuff. Exactly. Yeah. The one of the things that I also think people don't realize is we do one hour free trainings on Zoom. Mm -hmm. So if you have this equipment and you're like, how do I even get started? We're happy to set something up and just spend some time answering your questions and getting you comfortable with it. Because I think it's usually the barrier is the comfort level of the teacher being able to use the equipment while the students can really kind of muddle through it and figure it out themselves so fast. But teachers are often worried about the time it's going to take for them to get that comfort level and get things going. And what I found is just spending a little bit of time with us to get that comfort level up, Mm -hmm. it actually really helps cutting back time on prep for different labs and different activities. And just getting it into the students' hands, that that was the biggest thing. Like the high school I taught at, a lot of the prober and stuff, they were always using for AP classes. Mm -hmm. And my big push is no, the the grade level, the on level and non-advanced classes need to be using this yeah. too, because those are the kids that are going to just be inspired by it and really get excited about seeing how things change. Yeah. And and again, I mean, just thinking through if, if it's just sitting in your closet, you know, and you pull it out once or twice a year, you know, find a way to to put it in a bin, put it in a central location in your school, let other educators know that that these kind of things are available if you're the expert at your school, you know, definitely offer to show another teacher how, or if you're at a high school, show an elementary teacher how to to maybe use it and, and apply and even have some kids, some high school level students to to help with those elementary kids. What a great opportunity for those kids as well. I, I know right on the website at vernier.com, uh, right near the top, there's there's downloads and then there's support right next to it. And I just scrolled exactly. down, I just scrolled down the support part and there's tips and videos, manuals, updates, and and then of course the phone number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the the biggest resource that we have is our own time. And what's great is because we're all former educators, we really kind of know what the educator is going through, especially with the students. And a lot of times people don't realize, too, we've written tons of labs for all of these equipment. Mm -hmm. So it's not like they have to start from scratch. We've we've gotten that ball rolling for you. Teachers hate to start from scratch because it feels exactly. like feels like we're always doing that. And then the then the district says, okay, now do something different. So it, it almost feels like sometimes that that work, but if it's already there for you, educators, uh use it, apply it, and and start tweaking it to to make it fit with your kids. And again, it's not just those gifted classrooms, it's not just the AP classrooms. Every kid, every day deserves to be able to do some of those things. Now, now you've seen a lot of projects, you've done a lot of projects in your own classroom. You know, share some that worked great and and then share some, you know, of course, I'm sure you've got a, a good failure story, too, because that, oh, that's got, important. That's a good failure. That's, story. that's important for us as educators <laughs> to remember you're trying something and that probe doesn't work, you know, whatever doesn't work, you know, but what, what kind of things have you seen? So one of the things that I love doing is basically we're always so centered on testing and covering very specific topics is looking at ways to get kids to kind of explore things. One of the things that I really enjoy doing was solar cookers. Mm. Like you get this great engineering design and then sticking temperature probes in there because 
let's be honest, solar cookers, if they're not designed well, aren't really going to cook anything. <laughs> no, and, and especially depending on what part of the country you're in, like, uh, you know, you're, exactly. you're, you're in Oregon and, you know, there's not going to be a lot of nice, bright, sunny days there. Not a lot of bright, sunny days. And I would find when when teaching in Texas that, you know, when I would c- come across solar energy and start talking about solar it's during the rainiest month of the year. So I would always do it as like a post AP exam project. Mm -hmm. And it it was cool to be able to have just a temperature probe in there recording that data as the temperature is increasing. And what's nice is because it's recording the data, it doesn't require the students to just sit there and stare at a thermometer and try to read a thermometer in a box the whole time Mm -hmm. and gives them some interesting comparisons of different student designs and Mm -hmm. things like that. So yeah, and even um, not using it on a different day versus you know, I mean, the, how much cloud cover you could you could, it's not just for the science class. Now you're bringing in the the math class to be able to work with exactly. some of that data. And can you can you create an equation or work with the equations that come out of that? Yeah, exactly. And then uh, some of the fun failures are it, it's always a success and a failure was whenever yeah. I did bottle biology, where the students would build their eco columns of two liter soda bottles all piled up. Yeah. And trying to figure out the best way to get probe measurements in there. Yeah. Was a bit of a nightmare because then like after they've assembled this, you're like, oh, wait, we have to have a way to get either the probe in there or get a sample out. So we're like afterwards kind of Frankensteining it, trying to figure out how to cut windows, but not cut windows that are too low and then seal them all up. Right. But again, those those types of things, the, the products that Vernier had are, are so versatile. There's so many different things you can do. And the more, like anything, the more you use it, the more ways you think of, I could use it in this way. I can adapt it and make it work like this. And, you know, I'm using it in that high school classroom. But, hey, I know something that my middle school friend and my elementary colleague can use it as well. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the fun things I, I have to say I really enjoy about my job at Vernier is... Now really getting to explore some of these crazy ideas to come up with of like, you know, we could do a lab with this, like the the most recent one that I've been really exploring and kind of expanding on is an ocean acidification activity oh. of just using Alka-Seltzer tablets to create CO2 and bubbling that into water and watching how it changes the pH oh, yeah. and looking at different kind of types of water besides just ocean water. And it's yeah. it's that kind of stuff that... I feel happy that I get to explore and come up with these ideas and then can then do workshops and write labs to help expand that over to other educators to be able to get them excited and ways that they can use it as well. That's awesome, Colleen. And again, all those things are are available on the website uh, through the the YouTube channel that goes along with it. You can find all those things on vernier.com and and all these things are in the show notes as well. These are things that that really get kids excited about learning uh, because kids really do like STEM, right? Oh, they're super excited about STEM. And what what's always exciting is just seeing how they make those connections of how the world works around them or just looking at things like, I still love doing this. If a student has a microscope, the first thing they're going to do is stick their finger under the microscope yep. and look at their fingerprints or look at their nails. And yep. it's it's that kind of curiosity and exploring that I always wanted to really encourage students to do yeah. and not like hinder, oh no, microscopes are only to look at slides. It's like, no, They're- let them explore, see what's going on. 
<laughs> yeah. And, and in fact, I mean, even just, you know, maybe after you've used one of those types of, you know, vernier probes or sensors or things like that, don't just stick it away, you know, leave it out for a few days and just see if the kids naturally gravitate back to it and say, hey, could I try it with this? Or, hey, I've got an idea for this. That's going to spark some ideas and, and spark some learning. And they realize it's not just because I'm doing an assignment or I'm doing a lab that we can use these things and we can learn. Exactly. We get calls from teachers all the time that are like, I have a student that was interested in doing X. And, yeah. you know, what do you have or what can we use to mm -hmm. be able to further explore those questions? And it's really cool seeing like questions about, okay, we have the CO2 sensor. So how can we use that to monitor things within, you know, a student was wondering how high the CO2 level gets in a classroom. Can I, can mm -hmm. I set this up there? And like, mm -hmm. yeah. No, that's totally great for students to start asking those questions and being able to explore the answers for it. That's awesome. And I'm just, uh, of course, when you talked about CO2 levels in a classroom, of course, I think to Apollo 13 and, you know, the, the CO2, <laughs> CO2 scrubbers and cartridges and, and that whole problem solving situation that had to go on in that. That'd be a great connection too. Now, can you give us just kind of a quick rundown for any educators that, that don't already know just some of the types of probes and sensors and things that Vernier offers? Yeah, we have basically every single subject area of science. So we have temperature probes, pH probes, dissolved oxygen, spectrophotometers for kind of those that teach high school. You know, we used to have the giant spec 20s that we used to use that would take up an entire tabletop. Yeah. Now we have this one you know, spectrophotometer sensor that's the size of a four by six card and a couple mm. inches tall. It's so much smaller. Motion detectors for physics, uh, some carts that they have all the sensors within them that can measure acceleration and mm -hmm. velocity. Mm -hmm. Oh, goodness. For engineers, we have structure material tester to mm -hmm. actually do bridge breaking mm -hmm. to see you know, how sturdy the bridge is. It's kind of endless. Yeah. <laughs> We're constantly trying to think of new things, of new sensors. For example, my project over COVID was I helped finish up, I had this idea of we need a sensor that I call a weather sensor that can do wind speed, temperature, pressure, humidity, and have all those measurements in one. And yeah. our engineers were able to come up with something fantastic that I love now just taking with me when I go birding and seeing what the current environment is going on, what the temperature and humidity is. That's awesome, Colleen. And yeah, if you haven't already uh, maybe caught that, uh, Colleen is also a big fan of, of birds and, and photography. She's a great photographer. And if you want to see some of that kind of stuff as well and, and find out more and connect with Colleen at Bird Ian McDaniel. So kind of a twist on Colleen McDaniel's Bird Ian McDaniel on Twitter. <laughs> of course, that's in the show notes. You can give her a follow. Funny story, right? Yeah, I, I was not like I had a Facebook because that was the thing. Yep. But then my I had one student, Emily, who she's like, you need to have a Twitter. You need to have an Instagram. And I was like, OK, sure. And she's like, here, I'll make it for you. And at Birdeen McDaniel, that's where it started, all because of my student helped me out. <laughs> That's awesome. And again, educators, those are those great things that sometimes those kids uh, do. And, and you just give them that little bit of freedom and 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 they'll jump on a great idea like that. That Really cool. So again, follow Colleen Birdie McDaniel on Twitter and Instagram. You know, thinking about all those different types of probes, thinking about all the different types of, of ideas and things and ways that kids can really engage on a technical level that, you know, years past, like you said, it was as big as a tabletop. It wasn't portable, things like that. STEM education is advancing so quickly. What do you see or what do you hope to be the future of STEM education? 
it's so fast and it, it's it, it's trying to encourage teachers to embrace the technology. Mm-hmm. I think that was the big thing of it was it's been interesting to see how when I started teaching, you know, every student was having a cell phone and we were trying to like limit the use of those cell phones and no, they're a distraction, they're awful. And towards the end, I was like, you know, there's got to be ways that we can utilize that as a tool in education. Mm-hmm. Now having sensors that can connect wirelessly to students' cell phones running on an app and even students being able to use their cell phones to take nature photos and go through digiscoping to look at microscopes or Mm -hmm. anything like that is really a way to kind of encourage the students' curiosity and questions about what's going around them. And that's been my big thing is like trying to get students to really get engaged in basically things that are around them Mm -hmm. in everyday life and how science connects to that. How does STEM help explain what's going around them and kind of spark that curiosity? Because I think that's one thing that I see a lot of students losing, especially as they get older into high schools, they lose that curiosity. They may not see some of those practical applications of of something that's that's very difficult to understand, but as soon as you can bring those things in and they start to see it in the world around them. I I had a kid a while back, we, we had been talking about electrolytes and he brought in his Pedialyte bottle the next day that he was drinking, you know, a sports drink Pedialyte, which is still strange to me to think that, you know, <laughs> something you give to a kid when they're sick is now, you know, uh, something for athletics. But, yeah. but he's like, look at look at this, Mr. Woods, and it's got all these, and he's naming all the elements that are in it and the aspects of of electrolytes that connected with that kid, and that's that's what we're hoping for as educators, and and really cool. I mean, just thinking, yeah, how how quickly that technology is changing. But how can we use it as a as a tool that advances the learning and connects? That's that's really good, Colleen. One question I do love to ask everybody uh, before kind of wrapping up here: if you could have anybody from STEM, past or present, be that ultimate guest speaker in a classroom, or if you could go into a classroom with those kids and bring that guest speaker, who would it be? David Attenborough, hundred percent. I love that man, and I I can. It's funny, is like looking back on it is. I watched documentaries ever since I was a child narrated by David Attenborough and Mm -hmm. the things that he has seen and experienced and just the constant wonder and excitement that he has for nature and the world around him. I mean, there's this great video of him with a bird of paradise and he's when he's older and just the joy and excitement that you can see in his face Mm -hmm. of experiencing and seeing that bird is just inspiring to me. And Mm -hmm. I I find that I have a lot of really random science knowledge, and it wasn't until this year I realized I have all of that random science knowledge because of watching so many of those David Attenborough documentaries growing up and even as an adult. <laughs> and, and and you know what? That's that's almost something that our kids sometimes miss out on when they're not just, you know, there's only like five channels to watch and one of them is showing documentaries. And so they just kind of randomly hit on that. You know, they've got so many different types of things to pull from to get interested in. They may 50 years from now be saying Mark Rover because I learned so much from him <laughs> watching his YouTube channel. You know, we'll, we'll never know yep. what those conversations are in the future. But yeah, look for some of those documentaries, educators, and, and bring some of those in your classroom if you can. They are they are incredible. Uh, Colleen, any other last thoughts for educators out there listening and, and, and thinking through all the things that you've been able to share today? I think one of the biggest things is maintain your excitement. 
if you come in being super excited about something and that excitement is going to be infectious. What I have found is when I was teaching, the more excited I was about something, the more excited my students were. Like when I started getting to birding, my students started asking me, oh, what did you see this weekend, Miss McDaniel? What did you see? And so it got into a habit where I would start every Monday morning with every class period of birds I saw this weekend. <laughs> and I would just have a slide up showing the different birds that I saw. Because around in Texas, we were getting crazy things like uh, roseate spoonbills, which are native there. And some of my students, even though the birds fly over our building, would never have even seen them. So yeah. it's kind of breeding your excitement into the classroom, I think is the biggest thing that you can do for your students. That's awesome. Right on, Colleen. Just bringing that passion, that excitement that we have as educators to, again, things that we're interested in that can often uh, spark an interest for those kids. Or they can say, hey, I'm really interested in something else, and I'm going to be showing my teacher every Monday of what I did over the weekend as well. Colleen Colleen McDaniel from Vernier Science Education, great talking with you today and just all the best to you. And, And again, if educators need to find out information, uh, definitely head to vernier.com and, and you'll be happy to answer the questions, won't you? Oh, more than happy. I love it. And uh, anytime you're at a conference or anything, come out and look for me. I'm usually there. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Thank you so much, Colleen. And, and again, Thank you, Chris. Uh, yep. And again, educators, thanks for listening to this episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. Remember, subscribe on your favorite podcast app, leave a review so more educators find out about it and, and listen to the great ideas and things that uh, educators like Colleen are sharing on each and every episode. Remember, if you need to connect with me, head to dailystem.com. I can always help you. Uh, I'm not a phone call away like Vernier, but uh, I'm always happy to help as well. And until next time, educators just keep on doing that most important work, inspiring every kid in every classroom every day.